Hello, spreaders, and welcome to the spread. I'm your host, Kaz. First of all, can we start this episode by saying happy birthday to me? What? Yes, guys, today is my birthday. I turned 35 today. I'm very happy. I'm in the best place I have ever been in my whole entire life. I'm so grateful for everything that has brought me all the way up to this point and all the people who I have loved and all the people who love me and continue to show support you guys with the podcast and everything. I am so grateful right now in my life. I am so grateful. I am so happy. And if I could be anywhere in the world at this point, it would be right here where I am right now. I am, uh, this is it guys. This is it, living my best life. I am, uh, I'm so many things. One of them is over the moon. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. If anybody would specifically like to buy me a gift, I do have an Amazon wish list. Um, it's a link in the description box below. It's also in the link in my bio. It's going to be up for a couple of days. Um, so feel free and go and buy me something sexy if that's what you want. You know, completely up to you. I also want to take this opportunity to apologize for the last episode and the terrible sound. I honestly tried to... If you've been listening to the podcast, then you'll know that I've literally been editing it for approximately one month just because I've been trying to fix it on my own without asking anybody. And that's probably a mistake on my part. I should have asked for help. But I know that the sound was a little bit off in some parts and that some people couldn't be heard. I'm really sorry. It's never going to happen again. There is no excuse for bad sound during a podcast. So I apologize completely. And I hope that you were able to get what you did get from the last episode. For our live episodes going forward, we are going to be putting our best foot forward. So apologies once again for that. Today, before we begin, I'd like to introduce a friend of mine called Jambi Koikai, who unfortunately suffered a rare form of endometriosis. She's been unwell for a while now and recently moved to Atlanta for treatment. And with no health insurance, you can imagine that after 12 surgeries, yes, 12 surgeries, what her bill looks like. So please, I kindly ask, help support my friend offset her hospital bill. Hi, um, my name is uh, Mary Jambi Koikai, and I'm in the U.S. Uh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, currently receiving treatment for endometriosis and uh, thoracic endometriosis. I've been suffering from this um, condition for the last 19 years, and uh, three years ago, the endometriosis spread to my lungs. Basically, endometriosis um, is when the tissue that's around the uterus is present on other organs in your body. Endometriosis can be found in your intestines, it can be found in your bowel area, it can be found in your ovaries, it can be found in your fallopian tubes, it can be found in the uterus. And in rare cases, like my case, it can be found in the lungs and sometimes in the brain. So what happens is those cells 
are not supposed to grow outside of the uter- u- uterus. Um, and these cells during your period cause bleeding and they bleed onto the other organs. For example, in my case, um, when I had my period, uh, those cells would bleed into my lungs. Uh, and that would cause the lungs to collapse. So once the lungs collapsed, I needed to have a surgery to drain out the water and the blood so that I could be able to have my lungs function back to normal. But that didn't cut out the disease because the next month when I got a period, the same thing would happen, hence the 12 surgeries. Well, endometriosis presents itself as extremely painful periods, uh, you know, painful sex, uh, heavy, heavy bleeding and clotting sometimes a woman can bleed from the first day of the month to the last day of the month and also painful bowel movement um, increased heart rate there are very many symptoms associated with uh, endometriosis that have been ignored for a long time and a lot of doctors keep telling women that when they get a child they, they will be able to you know, the, the pain will go away, but that's not the case. The pain doesn't go away. A child, I keep saying, a child is not a pill. So you can't keep telling patients that a child will take away the pain. We've seen people with endometriosis who've been able to get children, but the pain doesn't go away. The only cure known for endometriosis is um, excision surgery, which is what I received here at in Atlanta, where they cut out all the disease in areas that it's been growing. That's what we're advocating for, for women to be able to access. It's very expensive, and it also needs very skilled gynecologists who know how to, you know, do the surgery. Because a lot of people or a lot of gynecologists don't know about excision. They don't know how to do the excision. So... A lot of women end up having multiple surgeries, and so was my case. And uh, I've undergone 12 surgeries uh, before I came to the Center for Endometriosis Care and saw Dr. Sinavo, who's the lead surgeon at uh, the Center for Endometriosis Care. Having dealt with endometriosis in Kenya, which is not a well-known disease, and uh, people don't understand it, and people just dismiss it as painful periods, is has been has been a very tough journey for me and my family we've seen all the doctors we could we visited all the hospitals we could and um a lot of times even undergoing those surgeries was not to fix the disease but to manage the disease and manage the pain uh so it was by grace that we made it here to america and we um, sought treatment at the Center for Endometriosis Care. I'm currently undergoing treatment and therapy therapy at the moment, and I have no medical insurance. Well, I've, I've always been considered a risk patient from home. Nobody would um, cover me as a patient because they thought I have uh, too many issues as well as um, not many insurance companies deal with reproductive health issues, um, which is quite sad. So. I'm seeking to raise $29,000. I have a GoFundMe page. It's www.gofundme.com slash Jambi's Endofund. So that's N-J-A-M-B-I-S-E-N-D-O-F-U-N-D. That's Jambi's Endofund. Or 
you can search on GoFundMe, help Jambi beat endometriosis. Jambi is spelled as N-J-A-M-B-I. Whatever little you can donate, we would really appreciate it because it would go a long way to make sure um, I have all the treatment that's necessary and the therapies that's necessary because they're quite... Um, they're, they're all required for my healing process and I just want to thank everybody who supported us this far it's not been an easy journey and I also hope to raise more awareness about this disease that's affecting more than 176 million women worldwide so it's 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 something that's eating women up slowly yet society doesn't know about it doctors don't know about it very few doctors know about it and we can we can make the change. And for those of you that are in Nairobi, you can donate using a pay bill number 490681. And the account name slash number is Jambi Koikai Fund, which is J-A-H-M-B-Y-K-O-I-K-A-I Fund. to say to intro today's guest um steven penta and i met like pen pals two years ago when we began emailing each other back and forth about podcasting and production slash tech stuff and this is when i started listening to the podcast guys we fucked and steven penta was actually a producer on that podcast and i remember eagerly awaiting his long descriptive emails like a kid in a candy store I didn't know that two years later, I would not only feature on the podcast, Guys We Fucked, (laughs) the link is in the description box below, guys, please click it and listen, but also get the opportunity to interview him in his apartment. So Steven is a musician who turned into a video producer and has worked on some really epic music videos, guys, for real. So please feel free to go into the description box and click on the links below that I have added that shows his work. His stuff is super dope. Let's get into it. They think it's easy, easy breezy. Wait till they walk in your shoes. Until they know you, then they can show you. Until then, I won't let them through. You don't know me. You don't. So in the studio today, and by the way, people, I need to let you know where my studio is. I am currently sitting in a in an actual studio because I'm finally in an actual studio. I've been recording in a hotel, like badly sounding. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh a, it's a studio apartment. It's a studio apartment, but it's also a studio in an apartment. Studio in an apartment. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually in a studio. So ladies and gentlemen, today... My studio is in the Steve Pentas studio, apartment studio. Steven. 
<laughs> I'm a, a very Steven. specific, very, very oh. much. I'm very much a Steven, very not a Steve. Oh, so like I've been calling you Steve in my head the whole time. Oh, sorry. No, I'm a Steven. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Steven Penta. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Steven and I met maybe a little bit over two years ago online. Um, because I was listening to a podcast called Guys We Fucked, and I decided to write in. Actually, what happened was that Guys We Fucked were looking for a song, and I used to listen to the podcast all the time, and then I decided that I was going to send in my song. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Because I think that was the beginning of the initiation of the conversation. Yeah. And so I sent in my song, and I think you responded saying, oh, my gosh, it's such a great song, and yeah, and you used it on the podcast. Well, I was so excited because we never got music from kenya yeah i mean i was shocked i mean i know that so i i produced guys we fucked pretty much since the beginning until like the first four years of it i produced yeah. it mm. and i did all the i just edited it did the music for it that kind of thing I'm, I'm really geeky about music yeah i actually even got a lot of followers um from having my music on guys we fucked really people were like oh my gosh i heard your song it's really dope yeah it was quite cool awesome. like on twitter it was quite cool so and then we started talking about podcasting because that's when i was starting well, you because i asked you i was like how did you find guys we fucked in kenya well, I guess the internet is the internet. The and internet's the internet. <laughs> and then you started talking about other podcasts that I was like, yeah, you listen like no, what? I literally just went on Apple Podcasts and started looking for. I just typed in sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was podcasting gonna give me? Because I just wanted to listen to sex positive podcasts. And this is actually before even I knew that I wanted to do a podcast. I knew yeah. that I wanted to talk about sex, but I just didn't know how. Right. And then it ca like it came to me. It was just like. <laughs> with like yeah like the angel gabriel well and you told me about the podcast you were listening to and i was like this is not my impression of sexuality in kenya i, I was thrown off i was like i don't there is a very is. small number of us who are openly sexually liberated yeah and living our truth but there is a large number of people who are living the same thing but not like honestly or ethically or truthfully and I feel like they really want to because I get a lot of, oh, I wish I was like you. And I'm just like, you can be just, you know, step out the closet one foot at a time, you know. And it's not necessarily about like being queer. It's just like living your truth. Just being honest. Exactly. And honest with yourself more importantly than anybody else. Yeah. So then, then I met you and then we exchanged. We started emailing back and forth. Yeah, almost like you were yeah. my pen pal. My pen pal. It was yeah. the, the only, and I, uh, you were the only person from guys who fucked from the music, especially that I did that with. But then you started your podcast. Yes. And I remember that was around the time that we stopped emailing because we both got busy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember asking you about, you know, like. Um, one of the questions that I asked you was, are you guys making money? How is this going to work? Oh, we weren't. <laughs> you weren't at the <laughs> we time. Did, yeah. And you, you said, years. you said, you actually said m maybe give it a year before y you start to see before Any anything. Money. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Cause I was like, I'm in it for the long run. And right. it was maybe like a year and a half before we started actually like making something, which is quite cool. And then um, we just kind of we've had conversations back and forth, and now it's been uh, maybe it's been two years, almost since we three spoke. years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's like two years. And I just came to New York, and then um, I wrote Stephen. 
a, <laughs> a you have such a hard time with that. I, um, I wrote him a message on Instagram and I was like, hey, I'm in New York. You know, we should definitely do something. Um, so like you were saying, just tell us a little bit about your background with uh, pod- podcast podcast production. Yeah. So I um, I was a video editor. I mean, I was a music guy. I was a music guy when I was young, when I was like in my 20s. And then I went to school for music. And then when I got out of school, I, I started directing music videos and I became, I'm, I'm a nerd. It's like, if you need something done with a computer, I'm going to do it. If you need a website, if you need a video, if you need a whatever. And it was just that making music videos and editing video, that became what people paid me to do. So that was kind of my, my area of expertise. And then um, I was dating my girlfriend my ex-girlfriend is christina hutchinson from guys we fucked and so uh christina and i were in the early years of our i actually met christina doing a music video um dude she was just a video vixen did she come twerking on set no she was she was actually it was like a. she played it was kind of like a, a a nice girl it was a it was a pop punk video mm-hmm. uh, all based on backyard wrestling in long island mm-hmm. and um there was like a hot tattooed woman that was like her competition and then she was like the nice girl next door mm-hmm. um yeah and that was how i met she was she was friends with the band she was the only person that i didn't cast in the video she was like the one person they were like oh our friend christine is gonna do this okay got and it. uh yeah and that was how we met but we didn't start dating then until a little over a year later things kind of align but anyway Christina and I started dating we immediately were it was comedy and she was um she'd started doing stand-up and she did a lot of sketch stuff so we were always kind of brainstorming like okay what can we do what can we do and Christina and then her comedy partner Corinne started guys we fucked kind of out of the blue um the impetus for it was Corinne was going through a breakup um she's taking it very intensely she's talked about it for years now and uh and christina and i were had just moved in together and she was still dealing with kind of the the looming um presence uh, the world presence of my ex-girlfriend who let's talk a little (laughs) bit about your ex-girlfriend yeah so (laughs) before christina i dated a woman named stoya um that's not her real name but her her porn name is stoya and her porn name. Her, por- her porn Pray name. tell, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen's not my porn name. <laughs> it's Steve, isn't it? Said, no, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve does porn. Stephen does not do porn. Yeah, before Christina for two years, I, I dated uh, Stoya. So we've completely digressed because now I just want to go back a yeah, little now bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's the you, problem. Once I start telling st- this story. <laughs> how did you start Anyway, dating? and then, so Christina, to therapeutically get over my ex-girlfriend, Christina and Corinne started this podcast, podcast called Guys We Fucked that we recorded in our apartment, and that was how I started producing, producing podcasts. And that was, your fir- that was your entrance into the podcast world. Well, I'd done, I'd done audio stuff, so I'd managed bands before that, so I knew a lot of audio okay. nerd stuff. And they actually, there were the first like 15, 20 episodes or so of, of Guys We Fuck they did with the studio. And it was just like crazy. I mean, to, but podcasting is so wild west. No one knows how to do deals or no one knows how to break up percentages or ads yeah. or where, you know, no one knows all this stuff. So people were kind of writing the scripts. So these guys gave them, well, whatever. They had a falling out. And so I, I was just like, we can make a podcast like for... If we can get a thousand dollars together, I know we can make a podcast, mm-hmm. and we can just do it in the apartment, and it'll sound cool. 
And for a sex podcast, like, it's nice to do it in an apartment or to be able to go to someone's More apartment. Intimate. or Yeah, like, mm-hmm. just to be able to travel and I feel like it really, it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did that for years. And then we broke up, so... <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, throw in a violin. There's, yeah, there's there's a lot. <laughs> right, there's a lot in between that. It's a long story. Yeah, I'm sorry about your That's breakup. That's the cliff note. I mean, what are you gonna do? Nothing. That's where I'm at now. I'm 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 only three months deep, so I'm a little raw about it. But yeah, me too. If it's any consolation. What you're raw about my breakup? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm raw about my own breakup. Thanks. Oh, you're raw. How long? You're you're a year, right? No, it hasn't been a year. It's been a few months. Okay. Um, I think it was officially officially over around April. Okay. But it had been, you know, it, we kind of like ringed out to the end from like November, December through to April. It was just like uh, maybe there's a fighting chance. No, maybe like that kind of thing. Yeah. And in April, I feel like that's when it. That's when it was done. done. See, we didn't. I don't know. I guess perspectives are different. I don't. I don't want to talk about it too much because I okay. feel like I've had it talked about so much. I, I feel bad. But from my perspective, it didn't feel like we wrung it out, or it was just like this is happening now. And I freaked out and I moved and cut off because I kind of knew. I mean, we talk about breakups. That's a so with Christina with my relationship we've been talking about sex sexuality relationships every week it was just like we neck deep into this stuff and I've always really been interested in the conversation behind it and the education and that kind of thing um and just in case guys are wondering that's exactly why you're here because I want to hear more about your thoughts (laughs) and that's that's what I'm trying to figure out it's not a tech episode guys very I'm very (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're not going to tell you how to set up your podcast on this episode not today no. Definitely not on the spread. <laughs> but I actually am really interested in your last relationship. Please share. Which one? The, the, the porn star. Yes. Oh, how did you meet? What was your relationship like? What's it like dating a porn star? Well, was she famous? She is. Yeah, she's she's pretty. Well, so she. I mean, I, I don't know. You don't know. Very don't many know. porn yeah. stars. So she dated. Well, she was. So, yeah, that's a really long story story i mean the the short version is i i was really young going into that relationship that was i was in i was 23 ish and she was when we met she was only 19 um and she was doing do you remember god's girls is that i can't no so god's girls there was like a an era where it was like suicide girls but then there were all these other suicide girls who were just like beautiful tattooed women um and it was kind of this new porn. It was cool. Okay. Um, anyway, she was part of that. So when I met her, she was just kind of a naked model that she'd been modeling since she was young. And she, uh, we did a music video together. Um, and she was really cool. She, we were into like the kind of the same progressive art stuff. We were talking about the same movies. We had really similar tastes and aesthetics. And um, we just became fast art friends. Um and then she ran off to L.A. after we did this music video and got into porn. And then I think she became the best new starlet that year. She worked for a company called Digital Playground, which was at the time uh, there was a big thing with with pornography. There was it was contract girls. That was the like if you were really crushing as in porn, you were a contract girl. It's kind of like being a playmate. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So she was a contract girl for Digital Playground. And. Yeah, and then she uh, got Best New Starlet. She had a big 
first year or two I don't, I don't remember exactly and then she uh freaked out and left la and moved home and when i met her she was taking a break and uh i remember i was i was single at the time and we we went out on a date she she said she was coming into the city for something she was living with her her family in upstate and uh i was just kind of like, well if you want to come into the city if you you know want to just hang out and go do something and we just went on this date and I wasn't thinking it was a date I was still being very professional because I was trying to like I my method towards flirting with women is to always pretty much wear blinders until a woman very clearly is like no this is this (laughs) until a woman defines it for me so you wait for women to hit on you like you won't hit on a woman is that what you I would I will wait for a clear flirtation you know what I mean? So you won't flirt blindly. No. Like just think like she might. The like thing is like I'm think? kind of I'm kind of always a little flirtatious. Okay. Like you and me have had conversations. Like I'm a flirty kind of guy. Have you been flirting with me? No. Not oh, at all. I'm yeah, like hard line. I was just like I like, missed it. No. Like we are we're but I'm really I wanna know your story. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanna know everything about just like I wanna talk about all the craziest things. Like I love getting to know people. Yeah. But I'm not flirting until someone is very aggressively like, no, we are flirting. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Because there are those clear signals when you're like, oh, this person is flirting with me. You know? I think the only time I have those problems is like when I'm trying to flirt with a girl mm. and then I'm not entirely sure if she's straight or not. And I'm, it's like, that's the, that's the tough part. I'm just How like, do you handle that? She's hot. How do I like figure out I, right. without asking her whether she's straight or not? Like, how do you flirt with a girl? Um, so that, you know, so that she flirts back so that you know that she's like, there was a girl I met yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. she was a waitress at this bar that I went to and I was with this guy. And so I was telling him, I was like, she's, she seemed like she was flirting with both of us. So I was like, Hey, maybe she wants to come home with us. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I was, you know, I was like, so what time do you get off work? You know, do you want to come and join us? We'll go and have a drink. Cause she recommended that we go to this place to have a drink. So we're like, Hey, do you want to come over and have a drink with us? Yeah. And she was like, um, yeah, sure. I might be able to, she said, I might. And I, it was really hard to read. Cause in New York, sometimes they're just trying to get better tips too. But she, oh, the thing, is, and she got a good tip. She got a really good tip. <laughs> See, she won. She did, but she um, later, uh, she just kind of, it was just, I couldn't tell. I honestly couldn't tell what was going on because she only was talking to us. The whole time we were there, she would serve other people and she'd come back and she'd stand at our table. So we had so much conversation. I pretty much know her whole life. Right. And then later on in the evening, like I was exhausted, so I just wanted to go back to the hotel. But later on in the evening, she sent a message. She's like, hey, the place that she had sent us to was called 169. She's like, hey, you guys at 169? Oh, I know that. Do <laughs> I, know, you? I know that bar. <laughs> and then I was like, no, but we's about to 69. <laughs> you know? It's like a tiki bar. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, (laughs) needless to say, she didn't. Well, it was late. By the time she reached out, it was late. Of course, because it's New York and she's up until four. Yeah. Anyway, I interrupted you. What were you saying? No, no. We were talking about, we we got into a conversation about how how to flirt. And my style of flirting is to not flirt. Like, so actually with, with Stoya, there was a moment where when we were younger before she got into porn there was actually she spent the night at my apartment um and i remember it was just this thing we'd shot this video we really hit it off and i remember 
there was just this amazing night where she came up because it was a mutual friend and I didn't process that she was coming up to this party to see me. Um, but I was going to this party not knowing that she would be there and we flirted all night and then she did this thing where she was living in Philadelphia at the time and she did this thing where she was like, oops, the trains are running. I guess I'm stuck in New York City. Can I crash at your place? And I took that as like, yes, but she was young. I mean, I was 23. She was 19. I was like, this girl's too young, you know, and she, she was she was a lot (laughs) like I was a little bit like I don't know if I'm ready for all this (laughs) okay um and so she crashed in my place and I didn't try anything with her and I'm also sober like I've been sober since I was 21 so um it wasn't like I was wasted it wasn't like I was trying to put moves on her and I think that that didn't that uh, you know I think being respectful like that did bode badly Mm -hmm. um in the long run for me and then so when we reconnected a couple years later um, we went out on this date and I'll just, I'll never forget it. We were out, we were out at this restaurant and it was just this like, you know, when you have one of those dates where everything lines up and all of a sudden you're in the back room of the restaurant and the restaurant's closing and no one else is there and you're having this really good conversation and everything's just lining up. But I'm getting really nervous because I'm like, if this girl, if this woman kisses me, I don't know what to do because I've never been this nervous, but like, like, this person has sex professionally. She knows things that I know nothing about, you know? And it's, she actually, she used to carry her, she was really um, professional with her testing and the way that she did everything. So that was, because that's one of the things I feel like when you, if you're in the adult film Yeah, when you're out on a date with someone and you don't do porn, you don't know anything about porn, you're just kind of a normal civilian guy and you're out with someone who, you know, is, is known for doing, is like AVN award winning porn person you have a million questions you know and you want to ask them about like well how do you do this and how do you you know like how did you how do you feel when you're doing it like how does it work for you how do you process this um and so she talked to me about the testing and how she stayed safe and she's fucking she is a brilliant human being like she is baller like I, i don't have a bad thing to say about her um she also had just dated marilyn manson at that point (laughs) Oh wow! So it was like it was it was really it was a wild thing, and I was managing How a band. How long were you together for? Two. It was almost two years. It was like a year and a half. Did it revolutionize your sex life? Um, no. What? Well, I definitely I learned a ton. It revolution. What it revolutionized was the way that I communicate. Okay. Um, because I think when you when you're in a normal when you're in a relationship you communicate with that person in a certain way but when you date someone who does sex work all of a sudden you have to discuss a whole bunch of other things and you you know our thing was like she did two-day testing before and after scenes so we knew and then it was kind of six months of like I at the time was still I was working myself to death I was really trying to make this band work I was doing you know music industry stuff I I was trying at to actively not date so in my head I was like well this works out really well because you know like the we're both kind of living fast and we're obsessed with work and we're you know not in relationship mode and this is cool and then six months later it was kind of like I love you <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. So, I mean, but it wasn't, it wasn't something I was actively trying to fight against. It was just like, I am into this. And if you're into this like that too, cool. And she'd never been 
we were still pretty young. I mean, I think that was the first really, I mean, she's, yeah, that was the first relationship that she was in that felt like serious adult kind of relationship. And I've been in a few, you know? Uh, where is she now? Uh, she's still, well, so after me, she dated a, immediately started dating a trapeze artist from Cirque du Soleil and, uh, dumped me for him. And then, um, later we, we kept in touch Then she started dating James Dean for a while. Who's, who's, yeah. Um, and then I don't, I don't know anything about that. I I know it did not end well. It's bad. And I Mm. believe her. Like, I think she's not a person that lies. So that's all I really know about that. Um, yeah, but then, I mean, I don't know. We don't really keep in touch now. She writes, she, I think she just came out with a book. She's fabulous. I I don't have a bad thing to say about her. And she was really supportive with guys we fucked too. Oh, bless her. Yeah. So, which was a crazy thing, but that, that episode is out there. You can Google it. I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, Yeah. So that was that relationship. That's dating a porn star. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want to know more about your personal sex life. Okay. I'm interested in hearing more about what the things you like. Yeah. Um, personally, but also more about you sort of getting into sex education and yeah. and what that journey. Well, I, hate, I, don't know, I, hate the I, don't, I don't even know what that is yet. I'm still working this out. Yeah, guys. but maybe in this conversation, you know, the yeah. more you talk about things, so the more here's they the thing about open. me. I love love, like as a dude, like I love it. I love relationships. I love, and I don't think there are any rules around it. I don't think there's anything. But I, to me, the best sex is when you're emotionally connecting with someone, and even if it's casual if it's parties or if it's three ways or if it's you know what groups anything what do you um do you um like uh, what do you what sexual box do you consider yourself to fall into like are you a swinger are you polyamorous you you know every relationship's been totally different for me yeah um so with with stoya it was a very clearly defined set of rules where it was like she would sleep with other people for work um and that might be prepping for scenes that might be meeting new people that might be whatever i really didn't sleep with anyone else outside of the relationship i could have um but the the it, what always fascinating me about that what i learned about sexuality in that is that porn sex is performance sex and it is not those people are not fucking like that for fun. You know what I mean? It's not what they're doing in their personal lives. Um, And our sex was very caring and communicative and we laughed a lot. And I, that's, that's that's what I remember about it. Being in a relationship where you laugh all the time with your partner. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. But it was, you know, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of rules on it. it. It just felt natural. It felt like it was clearly defined. It felt like, you know, I don't know. It, it it had its issues. There was there was a lot of, of there was a lot of like dramatic Anything, fights. Was and there like insecurity? Kind of thing, were you were, were you at any point insecure? Well, you know, I have a weird thing with that, where um, I just, if someone's gonna break up with you, they're gonna break up with you. You know, like uh, the thing that guys do, where they're like, they get really jealous and they get really. I just feel like. If you're talking about all these things and, you know, if someone's going to leave you, they're going to leave you. If they want to yeah. fuck someone else, they want to fuck someone else. Yeah. You know, I do think that it it can complicate the relationship because I think that 
when you're fucking other people, all of a sudden feelings arise for other people. And then you question, you know, whatever your, your, your primary partner is or your monogamy or you, you know, you question all those things. But I, I think with any relationship, it, if someone's going to leave you, they're going to leave you. You can't, you know, the, the typical male jealousy and the things that men would, that, that was the other crazy thing that would happen is that when you date a porn, so all of a sudden men start saying the craziest shit to you. Like what? Like just, Oh, I can never do that, dude. Like, you oh. know, like, or they couldn't deal. My friends, a lot of my friends couldn't, have like normal conversations with her my mom wasn't cool about her i mean my mom just you know she was weird around my mom my mom was weird around her like and they're both very one-on-one they're both really nice people but like they just couldn't they were just very very different and that was weird that's hilarious take taking a porn star home to meet mom yeah it's a book on its own i did it (laughs) yeah good for you good for you good for you uh what's been like I don't know what kind of kinky stuff are you in? you're into kink i am into kink what yeah what kinky stuff are you into i am i'm a pleaser okay. like kind of to the max okay like i'm into doing the kinky stuff that you want to do oh that's very sexy yeah um <laughs> yeah and that's why dating you know but i mean you must have like your yeah i have my own stuff um also, like you must have your limits as well if i'd be like I, I want. I don't know. I can't think of anything that would be. My <laughs> limits are, pr- are my limits are pretty much uh, vomit, shit, blood, and and not me- not menstrual, but bl- like blood play, blood, like knives. vampire blood. Yeah, knives, sharp, like that kind of pain. I don't yeah. like watching like body suspensions and you know really exaggerated pain oh what like with like um where they do the hooks and they hang from their backs and that kind of thing like i is that supposed to be some sort of kink is that a form of kink or is it just i'm sure uh, it is i mean i'm sure it's in the spectrum yeah i'm sure it can be i mean i love i love the aesthetics of like i love the aesthetics of latex and lingerie and okay very i don't understand i don't understand the latex fetish yet I mean, for me, it's not even like it's not something I would crave in the bedroom, but it's more just like when I see a woman doing it well at a party or in a music video or something, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like, like there's this designer at Suko Kudo and every like her shit is just fucking boss. Mm-hmm. It just looks great, you know? And I feel the same way about high end lingerie. Like, I just kind of, and that was, okay, the, I can see what you mean. I can yeah. see what you mean. Like, I love, like, I grew up loving like Helmut Noon's photography and, you know, a lot of that kind of imagery yeah um and music videos i grew up in you know like the old janet jackson music videos yeah. and shit like that yeah like, so the smell of latex particularly doesn't have you know how no nah, it's not about who, that for me who wear their rubber suits on the inside just so that they can smell the latex no, i'm not that smell. guy okay I, and it's not me wearing it it's i i just um, seeing it on somebody else. yeah i get really okay. turned on by that cool um but uh, but it's also it's not something I would require in my personal life. It's just yeah. more. It was one of the cool quirks quirks of dating a porn star is like you get to shop for all this fabulous stuff yes. that then she's going to turn around and sell and you know that yeah. was I like that element of it. And um, sub or dom. So I I'm a pretty down the middle switch. Um, yeah, I mean, do you do you talk about this stuff with your listeners a lot? Do they know? Do they yeah. know? They mm-hmm. know all about the. Okay. I have. I've been. I've especially very recently. Yeah. But also because I've introduced my listeners to King Noir and Jet Setting Jasmine, who are both um, 
like kink BDSM fetish masters. Yeah. Um, we've been learning a lot. See, I'm about I'm more like a like a kink fetish BDSM like noob. Me too. <laughs> yeah, because know? I'm I'm discovering myself through all of these interviews that I'm doing. So yeah. I'm very interested in learning what how people. Um, associate themselves with being in the kink world but on their own level so it's funny because um people always assume that when i was dating a porn star they're like oh you must have gotten into all this stuff but like no like our relationship was really loving and just us it was like we were so happy to have time together i mean yeah kind of what people would think of as normal like we tried she did teach me a couple of things that that really stuck with me the one that sticks out that I always uh, talk about is like, um, you know what? I didn't know how to fuck butts at all. Like I, I did anal. not know what I was doing with anal and that kind of thing. And I feel like most straight men don't like, or, or just. Is there dudes. a way to. Yeah. Well, you get bred by porn. Like you watch porn. Yeah. And the porn anal is b- b- horrible teaching tool like oh, it's not it's not how anal is supposed so, to be done well here was the trick and this is what she told me and this stuck with me this sent me down a whole different path where she was like look because obviously i'm like look you have anal sex i would like to learn how to have anal sex can you teach me how to have anal sex well with you um and her whole thing was look if you want to learn how to fuck butts you need to know what it feels like to have something in your butt so if you want to fuck my asshole I, you're going to need to let me stick my pinky in your asshole and know what that feels like and know what that girth feels like. And because you watch porn, and you're just like, you think you can fuck an asshole like a vagina mm-hmm. and that cannot be more wrong. It's, it's a totally different sensation. Wow. Um, so yeah. So, so in an experimental evening, we like lubed up and she kind of stuck the pinky. And I just remember that sensation of like, like, do you remember the first time you stuck something in your asshole? Yeah, I don't think I enjoyed it. No, I don't think anyone enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 oh. I've, I've never heard that anal story where you're like, the first time you're like, yeah, the first time I crushed it. It's always either like so much pain or I shit yeah, the bed. because nobody ever, oh, I've never heard the shit the bed story. <laughs> oh, I've heard the I shit the bed story. <laughs> I've just, it's like always just like, you know, like some guy trying to experiment because he's trying to stick his dick in your butt, but then he doesn't put any lube on his finger and, and it's he just doesn't like know so fucking painful. That, and, and he doesn't know to do that stuff yeah. because he's never had anything about his asshole. Like he's never touched his oh. own asshole. Like he doesn't know how tight an asshole really is. Like yeah. going from nothing to a dick. Yeah. Is a, that's a fucking lot. Like yeah. that's a big leap. That's a you know, fucking yeah. lot. No pun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so so feeling that, I mean, I remember she went her her tiny feminine pinky up to the knuckle, <laughs> and I felt like I had uh, the biggest cock. Just fill it. It felt It felt crazy. Yeah. Um, and I just remember that lesson of like, oh, you do not fuck butts the way I thought you fuck butts. Like yeah. that's not that is not what's pleasurable. So for now person. tell us like, how to fuck can't. butts. Well, I mean, I, this is something I'm still working on. So, <laughs> so. I, um, Tostoy and I had, we had anal sex in our, in our, but not that often. It was a very like, it's your birthday, Christmas, you know, whatever, special, special occasion (laughs) thing, you know? Um, and then when I started dating Christina, (laughs) Christina actually, she tells it, she's great. She's a fantastic storyteller and, and, uh, has, has some great bits about this, but, 
um, of course, when we started dating, she was like, well, I want to do all the things. I want to do it better. And, you know, you want to one-up the ex. And, and she just knew that she was in her head a lot. Yeah. So Christina was not, I came to find out later that she was just like telling me she had experience with all these things and that she wanted to try all these things. And then she just did not. So we actually, she had a, a an asshole injury. What the fuck is an asshole injury? <laughs> we, we wound up. You have to wear she, I don't know. She just we. <laughs> this is this is hilarious. And you haven't even told me the story, but I'm laughing. She tells this story way better. This is her <laughs> story. Okay. I mean, this is one of her bits. Okay. But she she just we um. I remember I got her a butt plug, uh, for Christmas, because as I as a do as one does <laughs> as one does <laughs> when you love someone dearly. Yeah, to commemorate the birth of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> So I got her a butt plug for Christmas and it was it was too big. It was comedically it was it was too big. And um she tried she tried to use this butt plug and it was not right. And then she wound up she we went to the we wound up going to the ER because she she uh I, she was shitting blood. I don't, there's no good way to say what this. What the was, it fuck? Wasn't, it wasn't like a ton of blood, but it was enough blood where it was like, what's going on? Um, and so we went, we wound up in the ER and she, I mean, they pretty much examined her and were like, you just kind of tore, you just have little tears in your butthole from what? too much, just too much, too much happening. Like you just, so it actually, it, it kind of scared us off. Um, it scared her off of anal sex enough okay. where we 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 just never got past it, you know, and What's we never made the time to your experience with anal it. sex. So my experience. So I receiving. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know what you're hinting around. Thanks. Thanks. I just always, you know, me like I want to figure out all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you just dream things up, and you're like, I want to know what that is. So I got really obsessed with finding. Um, there's a thing called P-spot orgasms. Have you talked about this on, on a past episode? Say again? P-spot orgasms. Mm-hmm. Prostate. Oh, um, I think I may have spoken about it in a past episode. Yeah. I just can't remember when. But yes, Game absolutely. Game talk about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're receiving, you talk yeah. about it. But and um, it's I, I actually... Um, <laughs> It's one of the search. It's one of my searches on Pornhub. Oh, really? Yeah. I, so I'm so really watch- into gay porn. Oh, okay. I'm really into gay porn. Gotcha. It's actually... Maybe That's like your main thing. Yeah. All mm-hmm. all gay dudes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Is there like a type of gay dude that you like to watch? I uh, I like to watch guys. I always like once I'm in the gay section, then I like to watch like I watch prostate orgasms, and I'll watch like hands free cum shots. Oh. I really like to watch bottoms come. So it was actually these these were kind of the videos that got me onto it. Um, where I started searching for for peace spot orgasms, prostate orgasms, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I that was the one thing with Stoya where we talked about it. It was like I want to figure this out, but she would she would stick a finger in my ass, and it was always too much. It was too wide. I just couldn't. I could never get comfortable with it, and I could never relax enough. Yeah. You know, and I hadn't. I wasn't in touch enough with my body. Like I really hadn't done that exploration and figured that out. I'd read. Um, there was a book, The Multi Orgasmic Man. Do you know? Have you ever? Mm-hmm. There's a book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man, and it talks about how there's this brain orgasm and then there's a body orgasm and there are things that you can actually separate. But 
um, it really took me getting into like meditation and yoga and stuff that I got into only the past couple of years um, that when I was when I was dating Stoya when I was younger when I was in college and I first started reading that stuff I, I didn't get it I wasn't wrapping my head around it so what I found was I found these really crazy videos of mostly gay men masturbating with a toy in their ass and there's this toy called the Aneros it's a, a male prostate p-spot stimulator mm -hmm. right and um, I would find these videos and what they would be is they would be these guys jerking off and they would have these time clocks where they were like 15 minutes in and then they would describe what's happening so they'd be like i'm having a mental orgasm or like i'm having a brain orgasm and they would talk about how because the p-spot orgasms they would describe they would describe them more as male g-spot orgasms yeah. where they're rolling and it's not like a big thunderous thing but it's more like kind of a hill you know that's leading up a mountain mm -hmm. but it's like these small orgasms that are um and i was just like i want to figure if there's another orgasm in my body like I, I want to figure that out. Like yeah. this is it's it's it seemed fucking crazy to me that we don't get that. I mean, I never hear other straight men talk about it ever. Yeah. I mean, the the closest thing it was like I feel like I've heard Kevin Allison talk about it and mm -hmm. and a handful of people like that that are really into bottoming or receiving or you know something. But in, in my conversations, I've never heard guys talk yeah. about this. Yeah. So I, I told Christine, I was like, this is you know what. I don't want to do three ways. I don't want to do, if we're doing sex stuff and we were really, really explorative and the podcast was taking off at the time and I was like, I want to figure this out. Like, we, we, I want to get the toy, spend the time. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this is what with, I want. Specifically so. with a partner or on your own as well? I didn't care. I was, the first thing was, I was like, I'm going to, I found, so where that led me was, <laughs> Aneros actually has a, a forum, like a comment, old school 90s internet commenting forum. And it was just these stories of guys, like, I didn't think I'd get this. And then when I figured it out, it's a real eye opener and that kind of, just these stories where I was like, fuck, there's something to this. I want to figure this out. Um, so I got kind of obsessed with it, bought the toy. The toy is small. I mean, I can show it to you. It's like a... It's almost like the size of a pinky, but it's bulbous at the top, and it's very, very narrow at the base. Uh, and then there's a thing that comes out so it doesn't get stuck inside of you. There's okay. like a little curly Q guy that, okay. that sticks out of you. Um, and I remember I got it. Does it vibrate or anything? Do, does nothing. Okay. So you actually keep it inside you, and then what's actually getting you off is you you clench your asshole like a kegel. Mm -hmm. um, and then the feeling of that, it moves it for you, uh -huh. um, and that's what stimulates you. And so it's, it feels... This sounds so exciting to me. I like butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting when you find something new like that. You're like, fuck, I didn't even know this was like was possible. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so I got it, and, uh, and I was just like, I needed some time alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I need a partner for this. I just... I remember I, like, lubed up tons of lube. I mean, whenever you're doing anal stuff, like, lube, 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 yeah. whatever. Um super lubed up and kind of follow the the instructions and the stuff i was seeing online and it's a lot i mean it's a, a much more time consuming you know like i was i was gonna spend an hour or two with myself you wow. know like like That's i knew real self-love right there yeah so it was just a whole different approach. I mean, it was not because that's the thing is like it's not about trying to get to orgasm. And that's what they talk about when everything I've read about Tantra and that kind of stuff, which I'm I have a toe into and I, I'm beginning to understand, but I'm not that yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
that's that's what you hear. It's like you just have to commit the time to it. And that's what it's about. I mean, that's what good sex is. It's not yeah. about like, okay, we're going to fuck her. Busting it's a nut. holding each other for an hour and just mm-hmm. like touching and it, all the intimacy and yeah. just grazing. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. So, um, God, I'm so impatient. I don't know how I would do with Tantra. I think you got to just like take a... I just want to fuck. Yeah, but the, I mean, but you can... <laughs> like all the time, I'm just like, I just want to fuck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think she wants to fuck. <laughs> See, that's why this is my whole thing. This is my whole thing. Is like, but I'm like, no, I just don't you want to spend the time and like feel it like fucking. Yeah. Yeah. This is my thing. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I lubed up and, and I got, you really have to do like, you have to turn your asshole on. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like rimming and just extra lube and, and kind of playing around and, and that type of thing. And you can, and a lot of, for me, it's a lot of deep yoga breathing um, and kind of getting into that almost meditative space, you know, wow. where you're like letting, cause you're, you're like consciously like, okay, now I'm going to relax these muscles and let this, cause otherwise my butthole just clenches up yeah, and of course. fucking forget yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I lighten up and then, and then you put the toy in and it like kind of just like, like you feel it the way it's yeah. shaped, it just like sucks up inside of you and you're like, that's Okay. <laughs> And you're scared that it's gonna get lost in there, yeah. No, it like st- it sticks out, so you're pretty sure. But there's, okay. it's a weird, it's just a big sensation. Okay. All of a sudden, got it. You know, mm-hmm. you're like I understand this now. Okay, <laughs> I get it. And then, and then, then you do the, the clench release kegel thing, right? So I do the clench release kegel thing, and I'm like, this isn't working. I'm like, I don't know if this is real, you know, whatever. And I just kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and I kept doing it. And I was like, I don't think this is going anywhere. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, like where it's just this orgasm that I, I don't even know how to. It just Put it in words. An orgasm that it came out of nowhere, and it was undescribably strong. And I could not have stopped it if I wanted. There was like no warning. It was just a whole other where I kind of felt these like little where I was like, is that? I felt like a woman that didn't know if she just had an orgasm yeah. before it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I mean, and it was a, a full, or like I came on top of that. Like wow. I physically came. And it was, you could visibly see it was like way more calm. Like it was a whole really? other. Yeah, it was crazy. And it blew my fucking mind because I'm like, you're telling me I'm in my mid fucking 30s and there's another orgasm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Crazy. And we're just, no, <laughs> like men are just like, no, nope, we're cool with one. Like, yeah. like I've jerked off in every way imaginable, you know? Have you sat on your hand and jerked off with your numb hand? No, I never did that. <laughs> I didn't do well, that. then you haven't jerked off in every way. <laughs> You're right. You got me. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and painted your fingernails. No, I don't like fake myself out. <laughs> I never, I never got that lonely. <laughs> okay. I think that's well, if you ever do. I mean, flashlights. I, I, I used to yeah. test Stoya's flashlights. Yeah. Um, and actually, I mean, I think they're great. Like, yeah. If, if you're single, I'm kind of thinking or about not. getting back into it now. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was how I discovered peace body orgasms. Okay. And I started. What I started doing after that was I started figuring out how to have. And now, when I'm with partners. Just there's something about like that kind of play. Like if a partner's willing to kind of like touch everywhere and they just don't give a fuck and whatever, I can kind of have these like disconnected orgasms where yeah. it's 
it's almost like I run through the motions of orgasming uh-huh. without coming. Coming. I've been meaning, like, I, I really want to teach men more about orgasming without coming, just because I've read a lot of books about spirituality and just how yeah. every time a man comes, that he kind of just like loses. There's, and I don't get like into that side. I've heard, I've heard athletes energy. talk about that. Yeah. You know, like boxers very notoriously don't, they don't jerk off like a month before a fight or something like that because they feel like it takes something from them. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, I don't really buy into all that. Like, I mean, to me, sexuality is just about the enjoyment of it. You know, like just whatever you're good with. Cool. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know that tantric sex and being able to separate your mental orgasm is necessarily about that. Like, so the mental orgasm is I'm trying to. I'm. I really want to know if I've had a few of those. Well, this is just it. This is just it for me. I don't. I don't know what other men experience. Is, is it I've, a physic? Do you the mental orgasm? Yeah. Is it also f- a phys- thing that you feel physically? It's a thing that you feel physically. I mean, I definitely notice like the sounds I make are very different, and okay. the way that I'll like I'll convulse almost like I'm having an orgasm, yeah. and I'll kind of need a, a little break. Yeah. But it's not. You don't. I don't ejaculate. Okay. And this took a long. Like, I honestly think this is something I have, um, I have pretty, I'm, I'm not great as a, I think when I was really young, when I was a teenager, I would have problems with premature ejaculation. I mean, yeah. I would just, the first, when I first started having sex, I would actually come so fast the first time that a lot of times I would try to come, I would just be like, just give me a blowjob and let me come like that and then we'll have sex because I would come so fast right away. Okay, got and it. And so it really wasn't until I was in my thirties that I could get that kind of control where i think i could do this stuff you know so i don't want to recommend like look if you're 21 just have sex and and do what works for you it it took me a long time before yeah i started there's there's still so many people who are just not having orgasms at all yeah i mean just figure out what what works for you what makes you happy for you and your partner and then just i mean the exploration is have you ever thought about doing porn um no because honestly i don't have the talent for it I mean, I you know, like I'm thinking about this orgasm that you're talking about. I f- feel like you could do amateur porn. You already are a videographer. I Just could do amateur. Put a but camera I don't, I don't on want a pot, on a tripod in your bedroom after and film your orgasm. After dating someone that did porn, I do not want to make porn. Like, I, I would. I, that's not my mo. Yeah. You know, I would feel. I mean, unless it was like, I would participate in porn that was completely female-led but i would not be a man that is making porn um huh. and I, I don't really personally i don't have the stamina for it i mean what those guys do it it's fucking yeah. rough i mean that's mm-hmm. why you see the same 10 guys over and over and over again mm-hmm. like it's when you think about that they're doing that you know every day every other day like it's a rough job it, yeah. it's fucking stressful yeah. you yeah, know I, I don't i don't i don't want that <laughs> i can do other things yeah yeah. And I like enjoying sex. I don't I don't know that I necessarily want Do it, it to be work. Yeah. So you're not a sex worker. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if it was I've thought about like now that I'm single, I'm kind of like I, I've I've honestly been thinking about like, OK, well, is there a need for for male sex surrogacy or something like that? Like. Actually, what, do have an male interesting. sex surrogate. Surrogates are people that, um, like, I have a friend that does it, and she she will be with clients that are, um, she'll meet, she'll connect with through therapists, and then treat things like PTSD or disabilities or things like that. Um, I'm very interested. I grew up in a family with a disability, so I'm very interested in in like disability, sexuality, 
there are a couple of people talking and teaching about it. There's this guy mm. in Toronto that does a uh, does a disabilities Andrew Gazera. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, mm. but he does a, a sex sex with disabilities podcast. Ooh, I'm gonna look him up. It's cool. And what kind of sex education do you want to get into? Do you I don't know. What are this you toying with? So here's what happened with that. Um, so I I did guys we fucked for three four, gosh, going on five years. Um, it was part of my really. It was a huge part of my life. It's it's something that now that that relationship has ended, I'm 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 having a hard time. I'm just having a hard time with my identity and kind of like because I was always, I'm an introvert and I I'm a very behind the scenes. I like to hide behind cameras and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm finding that I love the sex conversations that came out of that, and I you know, I love that I am a person that because my my. Because Christina has talked about my life so openly, now when I meet people, they will... It's like they know you, right? Well, they'll talk to me about their stuff, you know? Okay, scene. Yeah. So, like, maybe therapy? Mm, well, I I don't know that I have enough time left in my life to become a doctor. Well, like a full... like Not like a full... I feel like there's I feel like there's a space in between where it's like, I feel like people don't... I feel like people need, uh, like friends that have a lot of sexual experience that they can yeah. talk about anything with that they can be open with i think that's why podcasting sits in such a beautiful space right now yeah because with this it's like you can talk about anything and and people are people, always reaching out do, uh, they always reach advice. out to you right yeah, all the time i think the men especially it's like i think when i look at those statistics stati- statistics, statistics of statistics <laughs> when i look at those statistics between male and female or- orgasm gaps yeah in straight relationships like men are fucking up and i think that we just don't no one teaches us how no one tells us when that when women aren't orgasming i think when we're young especially like you just don't know whether you're you're making your partner orgasm or not yeah. and um you know that's the one place where you know, Stoya was very, very demanding. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you were going to fucking make me come and you were not going to stop eating my pussy until you make me come. Yeah. And I, for me, that, because I just love to please, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of men, it, it just, I don't know. I think there's, there's an educational element that's lacking. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what that is and where it lives within my life. And, you know, the crazy thing was when I was coming out of my relationship, I was taking it really hard. I was really, I, I talked very openly about my depression and, um, you know, so I, but the weird thing was I wound up connecting with a lot of sex educators that I become friends with. Um, and just talking about relationships, breakups, this new world where now we have to break up in public where, That's the worst. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, yeah. you don't think about that when you're start talking about yeah i spent um majority of the two years of my podcast talking about my relationship that was always on and off so i was always breaking up with my partner on <laughs> did the you podcast. talk uh, you, you did you talk about it on the podcast i did but not not like not that often so i often spoke about like my sexual experiences that i had had with my part i always said with my partner i never mentioned his name and then it was just like oh we broke up and then oh you know my partner <laughs> oh he just comes back yeah it's like a character killing a character off and then just like they show up in, in season two. Oh, that's man. exactly what that was <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean our our breakup was such a big it just felt like such a big deal you know that 
I don't know. It's probably just me. Like it, it's weird being the person that's that's not the public yeah. person. And and I don't you know that's why I'm so nervous about all this stuff because I'm like well I don't know. I mean I could I could try and get into. Um, sex ed and kind of talking about this stuff and trying to write about it and, May- and launch yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, maybe a blog, maybe a podcast, yeah. maybe. And you know what? Like, there's all there's all these things. There's a million different things, right? Uh, maybe you could do like I really feel like you could do video because you're a very good looking guy. Oh, that's very flattering, and I do not know how to accept compliments. So just a simple <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so it would be really dope if you. Maybe did something similar, but for video, something for YouTube, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I um, be good for it. I think it will probably start with with writing and podcasting because I, I never, easier. I I don't want to be a public person. I mean, I know you're you're a singer, you're a performer. Like even when I was in bands, I played bass. I stood in the back. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I've never been that person. It's like, look, let me tell you about this thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't have. I don't know that. I I certainly. I what Christina and Corinne do. I mean, comics like forget about it. Like I yeah. I don't do what they do. I I'm constantly in awe of that skill set. But I think there's a place for people that take sexuality a lot more seriously that are trying to give genuine advice. And that's kind of the path that I'm trying to go down where it's if you have a problem that that, you know, you don't feel like you can talk to a doctor about. That's really where because I feel like these are the conversations that lead to people doing the research that we can actually have a conversation because now we're in this place where the Internet moves so much faster than not only the research, but the fucking problems that we're running into where it's like no one knows how to treat you know, the shit that's coming up with the Me Too movement. You know, we don't know exactly. what we're supposed to We have these 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 men and women that are wa- essentially walking accused zombies that it's like, well, what do we do? Where, where do we let them in society? How yeah. do we work around that? Those are conversations that are all going to need to be had in, in the like, next... Or uh, like, I remember the last conversation we had where we were talking about um, pedophiles, which is a that's, very... I mean, that's the... That's a long... That's a deep, deep, deep dark conversation Conversation. but you know the crazy thing about doing these podcasts and and with guys we fucked is like we would just talk about you know we would get emails about abuse every day like so many people are just walking around with something inside and they're getting past that they're working through that they're don't have an outlet and and the fucked up thing is they feel like they're alone and you're just not like all the crazy fucked up whatever you think your deepest darkest kink is that only you that you're like this fucked up thing that I can never tell anyone that I could never tell my girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. We're all dealing with that, you know? And I I think that's actually a very comforting beautiful thing and I think that that the more that we can open up and have these types of conversations all of a sudden it's like you know what? Here are these crazy peace about orgasms that I figured out how to have. What are you doing with your body that's blowing my mind? You know, like what's happening? What's good or bad in your sex life? How do you, how does your girlfriend or, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm fascinated with is like female orgasms or. Yeah, because I recently it's such a discovered the vaginal orgasm. Well, not recently, for you just in or? my last, for me. Yeah. In the last um, couple of years with my, with my ex. Um, and just like that. And also realizing that I had been having them, but I didn't know that that's what they were. So I wasn't like really focused on that because we're so focused as women on the clitoral orgasm. So a lot of women are saying that they don't orgasm, but there is a possibility that they're having some form of an orgasm vaginally. Yeah. And so I actually prefer vaginal orgasms now. Really? Yeah. Do you squirt too? Or is it like a a waterfall? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's one of the things that, that I've actually figured out is like, I don't know. But like they have, they don't, they have nothing to do with each other. Squirting in the vaginal orgasm. Yeah, I can squirt without having an orgasm. Interesting. Yeah. See, 
I love these conversations because you can talk to, if you had a thousand women in a room, everyone would have a different story. That's true. It's something, I mean, I think it's so fascinating. And, And it's kind of the cool thing about being single and open and just where I'm at, where, you know, you can have these conversations. You don't feel like you're cheating on your girlfriend or you know whatever yeah, yeah but yeah. um but yeah every woman i mean you know and men want to do this thing where they're like no my body is utilitarian and i just come my fucking come and that's yeah. it you know? but men's <laughs> our bodies there's things to explore in our bodies too like they're yeah. not that different and, and even if you just think about you know where do you where are the interesting places that you like to be touched or kissed or yeah. you know those things are going to be different for everyone how do you like to be touched how do you yeah. like to be hit choked spanked you know, do you like to be domed or subbed? I, I yeah. think that those are all fascinating, fascinating conversations. Yeah. So the important thing for me um, is to just put these conversations out there so that you can have them with your partner, partners, whatever, however you choose to live your life. Like, just be sex positive about it. Share that stuff. I feel like by having my life shared for me, it's kind of pushed me off the diving board. And now, I'm, you like know, getting the reins back. Yeah. And and figuring out what it is for, yeah. for me, because you know, once your whole life's out there, <laughs> you realize that it's it's not that scary. I'm not advising everyone to live to put their sex life publicly out there, yeah. but at least to if you decide that you, you know, you love your partner, and even if you just really like your partner, <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? Like, fucking jump in the shower, do some yeah. weird butt stuff. Like, yeah. what are we? <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to call this episode. <laughs> okay, so um, before we finish today, I, I really want you to help me with um, one of our listeners who has a question, and I thought it would be really cool um, if you could help solve one of my listeners' problems. Yeah, I'll try. Okay. This email is from one of our listeners. I'm going to keep him anonymous. He says, first of all, love, love, love the podcast, You Sisters Rock sexual positivity is desperately needed in this day and age anyway here's my story my wife and i met when in our second year of college in the early 2000s but we recently got married early this year back in college her and her her and three other girls shared a four-bedroom apartment and i was like an honorary fifth roommate those very same roommates were bridesmaids at our wedding Anyway, about a year and a half prior to getting married, I was out of town on business and one of my wife's old roommates was in my area. So we met up to have drinks and smoke at her apartment like we were still in college. However, we wound up having a hot and intense conversation about sex. The atmosphere was so electric and so intense that I didn't want to leave. Further, this woman is quite possibly the sexiest person I personally know. Yeah. <laughs> From our conversation, I realize there's a lot of things I still want to do sexually. Eventually, after a few awkward exchanges, I decided to leave at around 5 a.m. However, before leaving, I asked if we missed our opportunity, and she told me if I had made a move, we would have probably had sex. Anyway, now that I'm married and have a daughter on the way, I'm very blessed and I want to be a good husband and father, but I can't shake the feeling that maybe I missed out on something. I could have easily given in, given into temptation and my wife wouldn't have been any, wise, any the wiser. Where the problem lies is my wife isn't anywhere as sexually adventurous as her old roommate. That's somewhat due to the fact that I took her virginity in college and she doesn't have much experience. I hate when people say they took people's mm. virginities, but anyway, I, it's okay. 
Um, her only experience outside of me that I know of is that she had sex with a co-worker on two separate occasions. The first time I was understanding, the second I was out of town and I knew she was going to go hang out with the same co-worker, I just asked that she be good. Needless to say, I was not as forgiving, but it was a deal breaker because, but it wasn't a deal breaker because here we are. Anyway, all of this is a huge source of conflict and confusion for me. I can't stress to you how hard it has been for me to try and shake the feeling that I might have missed out on the sexual experience of my life. I constantly fantasize about the roommate and I'm at the point where I can't keep it bottled in. I have to tell someone. I try to start a conversation with the roommate but she's avoiding me. And all of this so close to my friend group that I don't really have many people who I talk to. What should I do? Help. P.S. I'm very aware that trying to turn my current situation into a poly situation would be difficult, but in my wildest dreams, all three of us are together, like roommates again, but as lovers. If you have any advice on how to start that conversation, please let me know. I mean, I think the one thing that I don't hear in that uh, letter is like, I feel like my wife is probably having these thoughts too. Like, he doesn't talk about the way, about his wife. I mean, this is, she's, he's the first man that she's been with that... She must have some sexual curiosity, or maybe not. Uh, look, no matter what, I, my advice would be: you need to figure out how to talk to your wife. And if this is, if she shuts sexual conversations down, you know, if you can't have that communication, you're a really openly sexual person, and that kind of thing. Like, if you're really openly sexual and she just shuts it down all the time, where you feel like you can't communicate, and there's a wall there, I would. Uh, try and couples therapy try and work it out if it's like that especially with a child um but you know if you can't if you're trying to have a conversation and and one of the parties is just like i don't talk about that you're at a wall you know like that that's a hard hard place to get through yeah um i do think that you have to shut the feelings towards a friend down um and and get out of that i think sex is something that I don't think it lies on any one person, you know, like the person that you obsess about is, oh, this would be the hottest sex or this would be, I think one of the problems I'm going to have is like, you can have that sex with your wife um, or you can have that conversation with your wife. It's like, I think it'd be really hot to fuck someone like this. Would you allow me to do this? You know, and, and recognize that when you have that conversation, just in my experience, it's always a reciprocal conversation of, you know, like, well, if I'm going to fuck someone like this and we're going to be open like this, then you, as my partner and equal, should be able to fuck someone like this as well. Um, and men don't like that part of the conversation. No, they don't. <laughs> no, you're right. And just like feeding off you, uh, what did you say? You were talking about maybe she is feeling the same way. Two things that um, like really pop out to me in that email is first of all, you're comparing your wife to her friend who you've never slept with. And your wife is a woman that you obviously love because you're still with her and you married her and she's your partner. But there's always going to be that extra roommate for as long as you live. There's always going to be a sexual fantasy, even if it's not this girl. Always temptation. Yeah. And secondly, if you feel like your wife is not um, 
as sexual as perhaps you would want for her to be maybe ask her what she wants maybe she's and like you said harboring some secrets of her own and I think just start conversations about sex maybe not necessarily this conversation about like opening the sex up to third partners or becoming monogamish but more just like what is it you want and you'll find that even those conversations sometimes turn you on in the bedroom when she starts to tell you actually I've been fantasizing about this you know just try and have conversations about fantasies to start with and um, use that to be the thing that you bring into the bedroom just like sexy talk about your different fantasies and then maybe after a while you can talk about trying to turn those fantasies into actual reality so if it is fantasizing about uh, having an extra person in the bedroom then maybe you can talk about it for a little bit and then maybe then start about start thinking about having another person in the bedroom because it's not such a far-fetched thing no and it's probably something that your wife is fantasizing about on some level i mean everyone has these fantasies that were they're very we're scared to share and if you love someone, if you're married to someone, what are you waiting for? Yeah. You know, like why, why build that bond and not and not be able to share that conversation? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but shut down the. I mean, I I would just think about, like, what are you really fantasizing about with this other partner? What is it about that that makes that so sexy? And why can't you develop that with your wife I like de- why i definitely I, believe it's the fact that he didn't have it that's the only thing that he he's he's yeah. holding on to it's the fact that he didn't have it and as human beings we are so attracted to those things that we can't have and we're so one, tapped into fantasy yeah one is that it's your wife's friend and two is that you didn't get the opportunity those are two very like extremely sexy things yeah like fantasies that 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 are very common as well yeah but good on you. I mean, if he, if he really is telling the truth that he didn't act on any of it, I mean, you know. I mean, I don't think he'd lie to us. <laughs> yeah, why would he? <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> You're like, I'm really, I'm really opening up and writing to the sex <laughs> podcast, but I'm going to lie. Yeah. So, um, hey there, mister. I hope that this was somehow helpful for you. And um, I really hope, just, just have the conversation with your wife. And, you know, what Steven said is right, like, um, if the conversations are hard, then maybe um, therapy is a way. And I think even just going the extra mile and seeing a sex therapist specifically just to focus on your sex life. Is that, I mean, is it easy to find sex therapist? Because that, that's I don't not think an easy d- thing to come by. And I mean, Sex therapist? Not sex therapist. Well, like you can find a sex therapist, but like finding the sex therapist. I just, New York is complicated with finding therapists. It's always a... Really? Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a struggle. <laughs> Because find, finding a good therapist is kind of like dating in my experience. Oh, so you've got to like, so is there like a speed dating? I mean, I've had some, therapist I just, I just know I've situation. had some bad ones that I look back on and I was like, oh, that was a bad date. I've had bad therapy as well. Yeah. I have. Like it's not, the therapist is not, that relationship does not always gel, you know? It's true. And, um, but, but you know, I suppose it's like any other relationship. You just kind of have to try and see what works. And feel it out. Yeah. 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 Go with that good. And good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. But yeah, yeah I would recommend a sex therapist. But only if conversation doesn't work. If yeah. communication doesn't work. But try as much as you can to communicate. Communication Hopefully is key. this brings up a conversation that opens shit up in a way you didn't think it was yeah. possible. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the possibilities are endless.
<laughs> anyway, thank you, Stephen. I really, Kaz. I really, 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 really have really enjoyed having you on this <laughs> podcast because thank I don't so get many guys me. to interview. So it's so nice when, oh, I'm when, a big fan. when I'm a guys big, are like. When you started this, I was like, yes. I know. I'm, I'm very excited that this is happening yes. in other continents. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited Thank to be you. here. Can I plug my shit? Can I plug my shit? Please plug your shit. Plug your All shit. Right. Plug your shit. Um, you can find me. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I, I haven't formed. I'm I'm like working out all my sex ed stuff right now, but I'm hoping in the next month to year I get that together. And you can follow me on social media. I'm at the Penta, P-E-N-T-A, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me there. And um, the other thing, I do, I do another podcast, but it is straight comedy. Yeah. Yes, it is Jammers, the Selfish Help podcast. Tell us a little bit about Jammers, actually. I fucking love doing Jammers so much. I, I do Jammers is a comedy, comedy, like capital C fucking comedy podcast that I do with uh, this comedian, Wendy Starling, and, and her best friend and fucking amazing comedian, Megan Rice. And they are just the, the funniest fucking women i mean i don't even know how to explain it they they do give me a lot of shit so it's a selfish help podcast every week we do self-help kind of stuff but most of it is me fucking up and then making fun of me i mean if, yeah. I'm, if I'm being real <laughs> but i it, that podcast makes me so fucking happy they're yeah, so I funny to it, actually yeah i love it thanks it's, for putting it, me on i'm glad you like it it's an acquired taste it's it's out there it's, yeah. if you like your comedy like all the way at 11 yeah it's fucking <laughs> it's something but the people it's cool it's like the people that are into it are very very into it so yeah I, I, loyal yeah that's cool so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna just put links for everything in the description box below so wherever it is you're listening to your podcast just click on the links and you can follow steven on all of his social media stuff it's down there as well and also you can just um subscribe to jammers and make sure that you write them a good review on apple Podcasts the way you do for me <laughs> because that's what you're gonna do right because <laughs> it's podcast and you listen to them <laughs> yeah, you get it right exactly. yeah. yeah that's well, pretty much so it much, no thank you Did you guys know that the same company that runs the Spread Podcast is actually the exact same company that runs the Nairobi flea market that happens every Sunday at The Alchemist? What is that you ask? Well, good question, because I'm about to tell you. It's a craft market that happens, like I said, every Sunday in Nairobi at the Alchemist Bar, which is in Westlands, and has an array of vendors selling everything from like jams, chilies, body butters, hair oils, fabric. There's even a thrift store with like different clothes, furniture, like literally anything you can think about is available to you on Sundays. It begins at 11 o'clock in the morning and goes through to the evening where there is entertainment there's a sundowner happy hour sunflower honestly i gave it a really long name and i can't even remember what it is which is really very terrible very very terrible but every sunday there's a different act on stage so you get to watch some of your favorite musicians performing live there's also like a really dope kitty section so your kids can go and play and there's a full day happy hour it starts at 10 o'clock in the morning it starts before the market begins so you can show up at the market at 10 o'clock in the morning and start your happy hour at 11 o'clock is when the market begins and runs through all the way till seven and then there's live music there's djs omg omg there's like so many things happening i can't even oh my gosh i can't i can't but 
please be sure to show up at The Alchemist every Sunday. It's so dope. It's a really dope vibe. The sun is shining in Nairobi, so this is all very exciting. Please make sure to follow The Nairobi Flea Market on Instagram and on Facebook. You can thank me later. Be sure to send us emails, host at thespreadpodcast.com with your questions so that we can answer them on the podcast. I love you guys. Thank you for being amazing. Peace out. So take my hand and run away with me So far away that we won't follow me Let me twist into your song Hey, cause all I ever is for more of you When you let me show myself to you I want Expose myself to you, oh baby So lay down your body and just expose yourself to me too Cause I want your love, will you give me love? Make my dream a reality Cause I know I'm not gonna run around looking for something That's right in front of me, right in front of me Your love, will you give me love? Make my dream.